Small Business Sessions with Enterprise Nation. I am your host, Emily Chiswell, and this is just one of the ways that we showcase the absolute brilliance of our members. Perfect excuse, hopefully, for you two to have a bit of time out, have a bit of a break, not feel too guilty about having a break because, you know, you're kind of working on your business. Bit of inspiration, hopefully, uh, by chatting to another of our members. This week, the brand that is inspiring warehouse and industrial conversions worldwide. Warehouse Home was founded by Enterprise Nation member Sophie Bush. Now, Sophie's name you may recognise. We've done actually quite a few bits and pieces with her. Notably, we teamed up with her on our Go Global mission to Amsterdam in 2016, as well as all sorts of other different bits and pieces. Um, And Go Global, by the way, lots more of those coming up in 2017. Bigger than before, if you can possibly believe it. So make sure you keep your ears out about those. Um, But anyway, enough distractions. Back to the matter in hand. This week's small business session. Sophie, let's start at the beginning. My warehouse home. If I didn't know anything about it, how do you describe it to people? If I'd landed from Mars, how how do I know what it is? So Warehouse Home is a media brand catering specifically for people that live in high-end warehouse conversions or former industrial buildings. But it also just caters for anybody that loves that sort of industrial chic look. Amazing. So how on earth did that start? How on earth did this come about? Give us a bit Um, of a backstory. I used to work for a big magazine company called Condé Nast. I worked for some of their biggest titles. Um, Had a great few jobs there. Um, Absolutely loved my time. Um, My husband and I bought a flat in a warehouse conversion in East London, which makes us sound much trendier than we are. Um, And just through the process of trying to find furniture and lighting and decorative accessories, I realised that this industrial aesthetic was absolutely everywhere. It was in hotels and restaurants. It was available from a number of different retailers. But there wasn't a single really high-end media brand that catered specifically for this sort of look, this sort of lifestyle. Gosh, a real sort of need from, you know, it came from such a need of yours. Yeah. 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 And then I obviously had access to a lot of people in the same building, so spent a lot of time talking to them about where they found furniture for their homes, what sort of things they needed, um, and then ran a whole series of focus groups and brought in people that were friends of friends, people I didn't know, and ran a whole series of, of different ideas past them, put lots of visuals in front of them, words, colours, different paper types and, and all sorts of things. And that informed the magazine and, and the website. It's amazing because it is such a niche thing. But now you're mm-hmm. sort, of, sort of having not lived in any a, a building like that. You never <laughs> think about it. But it does make sense because your yeah. space is, isn't defined by, you know, old nooks and crannies per mm-hmm. se. Because it is much more blocky in my ignorance, isn't yep. it? So it's a kind of way of looking at a space very differently than I yeah. imagine. I think there are a couple of really interesting things about Warehouse Home. Firstly, you know, it's very unusual that you can directly target your audience. You know exactly where they live. Um, so, you know, you can literally put, pick out the building on the street, which is which is really easy. It's a global market. Um, we have followers from all over the world and we get email correspondence from them saying, you know, where they are and what they enjoy and, and what they like about Warehouse Home. But it also just appeals to people that, that live in any kind of modern property as well. I mean, my parents live in a country house in Wiltshire and they buy a lot of stuff that they see in Warehouse Home as well. So it's an aesthetic that adapts, you know, to other interior looks as well. And at the same time, there's a really interesting global trend towards urbanisation. So a lot of, um, you know, property developers are turning old commercial buildings, not just old factories, but old commercial buildings, offices um, into residential um, properties as well. So there's an interesting shift that's happening on that side. Um, which I think Warehouse Home will benefit from. Yeah, it plays so much. It's the timing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, tell us, setting up a brand like this, yeah. 
I mean, one little person, quite a challenge. Talk <laughs> us through what have been the biggest hurdles for you, do you think, in, in all of this? Um, so the biggest hurdle has probably been being a solo founder and not having a whole army of people that I can bounce ideas off um, and share some of the workload. Um, but th- I think it's so often the case. People say that so much of the time. But also I'm interested for you because you have lots of different prongs to warehouse home, yeah. don't you? How do you, you know, your time management even and stuff like that, <laughs> how do you know what you should be putting your energy into? So the one thing I've noticed about being an entrepreneur is that before I started the business, I was a really organised person. And now I feel like I'm a sort of a headless chicken um, morning, noon and night. But but, you know, when you're working seven days a week, I work largely from home. You know, you, you can't escape it. Um, and you do find yourself, you know, dashing from from one thing to the next. Um, but that's part of what I love about it as yeah, well. Yeah, it keeps you on your toes. But I mean, do you have any tips about where you put your focus even, you know, on what bits <laughs> you're putting your focus into? Well, you can try. Um, but the great thing about running a startup is that you never know what's going to happen from one day to the next. And just when, you know, you've just had a really brilliant piece of news and something's going really well you then get clobbered with something from your accountant or, you know, something unexpected, um, usually several things at once. So I think, you know, plan as much as you possibly can, but also just enjoy the journey of of running a startup at the same time as well. Um, I mean, when I started Warehouse Home, I had a really clear roadmap for the business. And the notion was always that I would start by building a website and build a community through that, get to know the audience and what they wanted before launching the magazine about six months later. Um, With the second issue of the magazine, we then started doing design collaborations with designers and launching product. Um, We opened the first iteration of an e-shop. Through watching the very slow drip feed of sales through that, we were able to refine what the e-shop was. Um, And now we've got an enormous global community. The magazine's been read in over 60 countries worldwide online. Um, You know, 13,000 Twitter followers, and that's all organic. Um, pretty so, cool to feel like you've created that isn't yeah it? I'm very proud of it yeah. yeah very proud of it and all that hard work when it is just you it's like well great I get to take all the praise as well <laughs> well I can't take all the praise I've got some really brilliant um, people that work for me as well so I've got four freelancers creative director Paul and art editor Kate and a little team of people that sort of come in and out at different times of the year um, and honestly they, they couldn't work harder if it was their own business each and every one of them um, and that's it's very, very difficult to find people like that. It's made a difference to you as well, having, like you're saying, I guess, having having other people to bounce stuff off, even if it is just yeah. here and there. Yeah. Having them around to be part of it with you on that journey. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, um, I remember when the um, we're publishing a book in the spring, the first coffee table book for Warehouse Home. And um, I remember the first sort of proofs came in. And um, a couple of the girls who work on the editorial side of the business for the blog and, and the magazine saw the proofs and honestly had tears in their eyes, were so proud of being part of this of this growing business. And that's really lovely because I feel that bonkers about it all the time, but it's lovely to see that other people are as excited about it as well. Oh, 100%. So much satisfaction. It's mm. just awesome. You mentioned the coffee table book. I mean, yeah. that's a bit, something completely different. Again, talk us, tell us a bit more about that. So that's really exciting. Um, it's going to be published by Thames and Hudson internationally in the spring. 
really yeah. chuffed with that. Yeah, very, very lucky. I mean, they, they, you know, signed us up based on, I think, just a couple of issues of, of Warehouse Home magazine. Wow. So it was really early days. Um, but I think they saw the potential for this as, you know, very much a global interest piece. Um, the the book will cover the most amazing homes all around the world, you know, former factories in Milan and old textile mills and spice warehouses. And we've, you know, we've gathered all of these beautiful pictures from Hong Kong and Sydney. How and fun. That you know, sounds like a cool project. It's a really cool project. It does make you feel slightly embarrassed about your own home. <laughs> I think it's such a beautiful book but Warehouse in East London sounds just delightful to me (laughs) I'll take that (laughs) that sounds great that's great it's Um, a lovely book and it's on pre-order already on Amazon um, and I think through Waterstones as well it's called Warehouse Home it's branded in exactly the same way Um, industrial inspiration for 21st century living Oh, God, how exciting. I bet you're still a bit like, oh, let me just check. Let me just look again. Oh, it looks really great. I'd be like that. It's like, oh, let me just, oh, my gosh, wow. Yeah. I'm interested as well in how you made it work. You, you were working, you are saying you were working full-time for Condé Nast. How is that transition? I mean, obviously, with something like this, it takes time for the money to come in. Were you freelancing at the time, or how did you make that work? No, I just had to jump in feet first. Um, and so I left a very good job and decided to do this full-time. Time. And there are a number of different revenue streams. So we obviously have advertising for the print and digital magazine. We have over 50 advertisers in every issue, a very high renewal rate. Um, big international brands like USM, Modular Furniture, DCW, um, many of them have advertised in every single issue since launch. Wow. Um, so that's, a, you know, that's very much sort of a self-contained revenue stream. Um, there's also obviously the eShop books now as well. So um, several different strands there. But to date, the business has been self-funded. We haven't actually raised any investment, mainly because I've just been <laughs> fingers in all pies, just keep, you know, getting growing the business. But we're just about to start that process of, of raising investment, looking specifically for angel investors who have um, expertise with e-commerce um, and retail. So you're doing it through that. Did you explore the option of crowdfunding? That's obviously such a buzzword at the moment. Yep. You know, what, how did you come to that decision of, of, yeah, angels as your focus? I'm completely open to crowdfunding. I think it's a, a fantastic concept. And I think I know that it works incredibly well for a huge number of businesses. My expertise if I can, if I'm allowed to say that, is very much into the publishing and, and that side of things. I've taught myself various other bits and bobs, but um, I don't have retail and e-com experience. And, you know, for me, it's about bringing at least one person on board who has that that expertise and can bring as much enthusiasm um, with that expertise as well. Yeah, and it's that thing. It's so interesting, I think, with funding, isn't it? It's looking outside just the funding part. Obviously, mm-hmm. that's vital. But to have what that fund is bringing with them as well. I mean, it sounds such a base thing to say, but I think often can be overlooked because you're thinking, God, I've got to make costs work. But actually, that wealth of knowledge that the right person, the right angel can bring is sort of just as valuable as perhaps the funding. Mm. And actually, you know, particularly if you're a small team of a couple of co-founders or a solo founder like myself, just the process of pitching to accelerators and pitching to different angel investors is hugely valuable to get that you know really detailed constructive criticism um is is incredibly helpful yeah it helps shape doesn't it Mm -hmm. yeah so good yeah um enterprise nation you remember with us done lots of different bits Mm -hmm. and pieces just give us a bit of an idea of how how we've helped in the journey and development of warehouse home 
So I think one of the first things was uh, just going to events, you know, networking, um, hearing other people's journeys. I mean, just being here today for the podcast, I've had the opportunity to meet a couple of other entrepreneurs, hear their stories, pick their brains, um, particularly as a solo founder, you know, you're, you're so sort of locked into your own world and trying to solve your own problems. And it's really nice to be able to share your stories and sometimes give other people tips and ideas as well. Yeah, no, definitely. Again, it's that network, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's that, you know, I hate that word so much. I said it a million times. I'm like, I want to f- find a friendlier version of the word network. But it does. It's like building your little team, mm. even if it's just people that you're dipping into that you've never met and won't see again. It's mm. just having that, as you say, getting out of your space with it. Yeah, it's yeah. great to hear. It's really good. Um, advice, Sophie, if you had advice, <laughs> I love it, where to begin? Um, what, what would you, yeah, what would you pick out as a bit of advice you wish you'd been given perhaps before you started all of this? Oh gosh. Well, the best piece of advice I actually was given was from my dad. Um, so he's been self-employed for about 30 odd years and incidentally never made it look difficult, which was slightly misleading. Oh, you liar. <laughs> You're really good at this. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, he, he said to me first and foremost, just, just go for it. You know, if you don't, if you don't try, you'll never know. Um, you know, you'll, you'll always regret it. You'll always wonder, you know, if you didn't, if you didn't give it a bash. And the second bit of advice was he said, you know, not advice, but more of a sort of a heads up was, you know, once you have been self-employed, you will find that you have become completely unemployable. Because, you know, you won't ever want to do anything else. It's so you know, true. Again, and I, you know, as much as I loved my previous jobs, I can't imagine doing anything else. And I really genuinely haven't looked back. And it's quite remarkable to think that you're doing, you know, seven days a week, 18, 19 hour days, genuinely. And yet you still love what you do. And, you know, despite all of the financial sort of concerns and considerations and, and everything else you know, are, are really proud and, and enjoying it. It is. When you say it like that, it is like, this is absolutely insane, isn't it? Yeah. That we do these things. It is because of the passion. Yeah. It's got to be. Yeah. No other reason. Yeah. Um, Sophie, yeah. And so, yeah, so finally, we, we like to ask people superpowers. If you could choose a superpower <laughs> to help with the growth or development of your business, you've got free reign on whatever you can choose, whatever you'd like to choose. Oh. God, just the one. Well okay. done. If you want to be greedy, we'll let you have that. If you can invent a couple more oh, extra superpowers, I like them for my collection. Yeah. Well, I've heard quite a few of the um, of the podcast guests say that they just like the gift of time, which is definitely one that I can relate to. Um, I'd also love the gift of being more tech savvy. Um, I spent a lot of time when I first launched the business learning how to code to build the, the first iteration of the website wow. and the eShop. And there were a lot of sleepless nights pouring through forums and trying to make sense of what was being said. And and it was very rewarding, but, you know, I, I know that I still have a lot to learn. So if I could magically wake up one morning with all of that technology, that would be amazing. Oh, yes, please. Can I share it? <laughs> It seems only fair, doesn't it? Come on. Thank you very much for joining us for this week's Small Business Session. An absolute pleasure, as always, to have your ears. Um, If you run a brilliant small business, by the way, and fancy finding out a little bit more about Enterprise 
Nation, who we are, what we do, website, enterprisenation.com, all the details on there, expert business advice, event meetups, discounts, ebooks, all sorts of bits and pieces that you benefit from being a member with us. So do check out the website, enterprisenation.com. You can also subscribe to these on iTunes, by the way, if you want a little bit more inspiration. If one wasn't quite enough, no worries. Plenty where this came from. Head to iTunes and just search for the small business sessions. Next week, the Enterprise Nation member coming to your ears. Uh, she's quit her job in HR after 20 years. So quite, she put quite the time in and has started a new HR software platform, which is actually aimed specifically at small businesses. So who knows? Could be a handy one to know about. You can find out more about that next week in our next small business session. Look forward to seeing you then. 